It's Luke, the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke, verse number 54. Luke, the 22nd chapter. You'll find the same instance in uh, Matthew, the 26th chapter, and also Mark, the 14th chapter, but I've chosen Luke, the 22nd chapter, starting the 54th verse. But before I read the text, I want us... I want, us, I want you to say with me, Corinthians, the last part of Corinthians 4 and 16. Don't turn there. 2 Corinthians 4 and 16. You'll, you'll remember it when I say it. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Can we say that again? But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Can we say that again? But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Can somebody wave at me? Glory to God. Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse number 54. Then, they took, then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. Speaking of Jesus. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall... And they were set down together. Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. We need to pause right there. It's talking about Jesus. He's been accused of being a follower of Jesus and And he said, woman, I know him. The Bible said he denied him, saying, woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, there are also of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. Glory to God. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Mm. It hurts almost to read those scriptures, doesn't it? It pains me to even read those scriptures of Peter denying the Lord, failing the Lord, miserably failing God. And with that in mind, I want to preach to you for just a little while tonight on shrinking islands and sinking ships. Shrinking islands and sinking ships. You know, there's one thing for sure. God's mercy, sister, <laughs> Crystal, is marvelous. How many agrees with that? God's mercy is marvelous. I mean, when God bestows mercy on an individual, nothing better in the world, in the universe, could ever happen to you than to receive the mercy of the Lord. Nothing better can happen to, than to receive God's mercy. And the reason why, that it's one of the reasons why it's so marvelous is because accompanied with mercy comes his grace. 
I know it's unmerited favor, but I told you before, the best definition of grace is the ability to perform. So no matter what you've done, even murderers, I mean, just think of the worst thing that a person could do, but accompanied with God's mercy is his grace. Can somebody shout amen? So much so that when the psalmist David wrote Psalms 139, and he said that thou compasseth my past and my lying down, thou art acquainted with all my ways, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, that thou knowest it altogether. And then in verse number 5 of Psalms 139, he begins to explain the positions of God around him, the mercy and the grace of God around him. And the first thing he mentions when he starts listening, listing the positions of God in his life, he said, Thou hast beset me behind. Oh, that ought to make us want to shout. Oh, his no matter what I've done, when God bestows his mercy, accompanied with that is his grace. And God stands between me and my past. Me and the enemy that lurks behind me. Me and the things that I've done that I shouldn't have done. That I knew better than to do. But thou besets me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge, the psalmist said, is too wonderful for me. It is, it is high. I cannot attain to it. But he said, thou hast beset me behind. You know, whether it's murder, whether it's adultery, whether it's uh, molesting a child, whether it's homosexuality, whatever the sin is, God's mercy, accompanied by his grace, as Brother Gary said, is sufficient. It'll take care of it. I said, it will take care of it. I mean, when you're forgiven by God, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. I know that there's thing, the reputation. I know the things that are scattered. You can't touch sin and walk away unscathed. But with his mercy comes his grace. And some way, somehow, he'll have a path for you to navigate those, those pieces and the shipwreck and, and all those things. Some way, somehow. That person will make it through. Glory to God. And when I see Peter warming himself by the enemy's fire, and I call them enemies, we, we see here that this is the time where Jesus is being scourged and when his trial is taking place and, and Peter is warming himself by that fire, by the enemy's fire. I mean, I can tell Peter's cold. Are you hearing me? When you get to the place where you can warm yourself by the devil's fire, you're too cold, friend. You're just too cold. Will somebody shout amen? I mean, when that fire's enough for you, you are living way below your opportunity and way below a privilege that God wants you to be, way below the abundance that God wants you to have. Huh? When you can, when you can settle for entertainment, over the anointing of the Holy Ghost then you're too cold when that warms you enough I'm telling you it won't warm me enough I gotta have the Holy Ghost 
I gotta have a move of God. I gotta have the power of God fall down in our midst. That's what I gotta have. Whether there's a few of us or there's a bunch of us, it makes no difference to me. We've got to have the power of God moving among us. That's what convicts people of their sin. That's what, it's those times, that's when people get healed. That's when people get deliverance. That's when they get victory. That's when they get encouragement. Whatever you need, it's found. Amen. In the presence of the Lord and the power of God falling upon people. But we find Peter is satisfied to warm himself by that fire. Huh? Glory to God. How in the world did you get to this place, Peter? Your ship has gone down. How did you get to the place where it was enough to warm yourself by that kind of fire? How did you get so cold and so out of touch? Especially though our outward man perish, yet our inner man is renewed day by day. Especially knowing this. How did you get to the place where you denied the Lord? Even though when you were confronted multiple, multiple times and people had evidence and they had testimony and they had some proofs that, that they was accusing you of being with him. How did you get so cold and so out of touch that you would deny that you ever, that ship went down, didn't it? Well, we find out right away, and I admit most of you will, will know that the problem that Peter had was repented of. When thou art converted... Feed the sheep, feed the lambs. When thou art converted, we know he repented of that. And when somebody falls, when David committed adultery, uh, when he had Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, killed in battle, his murder, uh, when he done those things, it does when somebody's ship goes down, it does very little good to point out why they went down at that time. We're gonna have to help them. They need lifting up. They need direction. They need a hand up. They need assistance. Can somebody shout amen? But with that being said, it is useful for us when somebody falls to analyze what happened here. It just didn't happen all of a sudden. There was a reason why that they've got to this point. They've come to this end. The, the ship has went down. Why did the ship go down? Why? What has happened here? We know in David's circumstance, whatever it was to cause him to not be inspired to go out to battle when kings go forth into battle, but to rather stay home instead of go out to battle as his responsibility was to go forth to battle. Whatever caused him to do that, that's what we need to know. That's what he needs to fix. He fell on his knees when Nathan the prophet came. He, he, he asked, asked God for forgiveness and you can look at it in Psalms 51 and, and he, did, he did receive forgiveness. I believe... Somebody shout amen. He, he asked that God would hide himself from his sins and blot out all his iniquities and, and to create in him a, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. David cried and I believe God granted all those things. But, they, but in order for David to stay on track, he's going to have to figure out what made me stay home. 
when I should have been in a fight, when I should have had my sword at my side and headed in the battle, what was the problem? What was it? What made Peter get so cold that he would deny the Lord? I'll tell you what it was. The Bible said, and Peter followed him afar off. Glory to God. Followed him afar off. Uh, in Focus on the Family, uh, they had uh, a kids program, and I've traveled all over the country. It has suburban, three-quarter ton suburban. We pulled a 32-foot airstream all over the country preaching revivals. And uh, my kids were, my boys were young and, and uh, went with me and, of course, my whole family. And we went across the country preaching revivals, you know, many, many, you know, 325 nights a year. Just, you know, it just, when we first started out, it was, I didn't have much of a schedule. And I'd get in a town and, and uh, have revival and go two or three weeks. And pastor come to it and say, well, what do you, uh, when you're done here, you got anything scheduled? And. No, I didn't have nothing scheduled. Won't you come over and start me a revival? And that, that's how it worked out. And then after the first year, I had more of a schedule. Matter of fact, when I came here, uh, when I came here, when I canceled all my meetings to itinerate to let people know that I was coming here, I uh, I was booked a year and a half in advance. And that's just how we traveled all the time, preaching the gospels. Reason I say that, and so we would listen. Our kids would record, focus on the adventures in Odyssey. And one of our favorites was Aloha Oi, where uh, Jimmy walks through the electric palace doors and he's the some whatever number, and they win an all-expense-paid vacation to Hawaii. <laughs> Amen. And old Bart Rathbone meets the Barclays at the airport and they think he's just seeing them off. And he said, no, I'm not seeing you off. We're going with you. <laughs> and so they get over to Hawaii and y'all know probably many of you know the story and uh, they uh, Bart had got a hold of this book The Essential Hawaii as he pronounced it and so it's off the beaten path and so he rents a car it breaks down they charter a boat and the boat breaks down the captain of the boat jumps in the water to swim to shore and uh, then the, the boat springs a hole, starts, it's leaking. And so they're trying to bail it out. And Doris, Bart Rathbone's wife, she's just staring out into the sea. And, she, and they say, well, Doris, help us bail out, if I, my memory serves me correct. And uh, they say, what's wrong? She said, well, it's the strangest thing. The island's getting smaller. <laughs> what? <laughs> the island is getting smaller. Peter followed the Lord afar off. He got farther and farther and farther. That's how it happened. That's the beginning of every tragedy. That's the beginning of every scandal. That's the beginning of every marriage problem. Every, are you hearing me? Every church problem. Are you, the, the, the island starts shrinking. And it ain't going to be long that the ship is going to start sinking. Amen. When I read about that church in Ephesus, in the book of Revelation, this Ephesus is not a church age. It's a church type, if it's anything. 
Those seven churches of Asia are not the church Asia's. That's, it don't even make sense. It's silly. It don't even make sense. Well, Brother Blanton, you just, well, it don't quit saying silly things. It don't make sense for it to be church ages because they all existed then. So if anything you can draw from it besides the literal part that it was a church then that the Lord was speaking to, then you, you know, many things in the Bible are, uh, are many fold uh, reasons and meanings sometimes and and so you might could say it's a church type but I'm not necessarily convinced on that either but what I do want to say is that when Jesus began to talk to this church I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou cannot bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they're apostles and are not and has found them liars I have no complaint with that do you? And has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. I have no complaint with that. Do you? Matter of fact, Jesus didn't have a complaint with that. But then in verse number 4, he says, Nevertheless, I have someone against thee because thou hast left thy first love. And he wanted them to remember, therefore, from which thou hast fallen. Peter followed him afar off. And repent. And do your first works, else I will come unto thee and I will remove thy candlestick out of this, his place, except thou repent. And in my finite, this is why I think it's playing out. Jesus is commending them for so many things. You're doing good, Ephesus. You are doing good. But I see a problem that's going to cause a bigger problem later. You have left your first love. Now, what does that mean? What's first love mean? That means the love you had when you first got started? Well, I guess it could mean that, but I think it has a, a bigger meaning than that. You see, God always gets the first things. He got the first spoils at Jericho. That's the reason why that Achan got in trouble, because those weren't his. The first spoils always go to God. The first of the increase, the tithe, that always goes to God. You want to get in trouble? Don't give God what belongs to Him. The first things belong to Him. And it's the same thing with our love. I think you ought to love your wife and your kids and your neighbor. I think you ought to love your neighbor as yourself. But the thing you ought to love most, your first love, must go to God. That must be your first love. And even though they were going through the procedure, this church of Ephesus, and they were going through, you know, they had, they had developed some, some habits, some good habits and good procedures and good ceremonies and, and good ways about them. And they, they were going through the motions, but Jesus seen that down the road there's going to be problems because they didn't have the inspiration and the love that they used to have. They were just going through the motions. And anybody that's been saved for very long, they're going to run into this problem. You're going to run into the wall that says, well, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, but you're not as excited about it as you used to. Your love isn't what it used to be. Your enthusiasm, because your love, your first love is gone. Your enthusiasm isn't what, I love that. 
I mean, it just gets that amazing God as the Curtis has sung a while ago. It really, friend, if you look at it right, it just he just keeps getting more amazing. Just keeps getting more amazing. If he isn't getting more amazing to you and I, that means we're not looking at it right. We're not seeing it like it really is. We don't see the facts like they really are. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but nobody's entitled to their own facts. And God is amazing. And he just keeps getting, the more I know of him, the more I love him, the more amazing, the more I see him work, the more amazing it is to me. God always gets the first things. And even though Ephesus was doing good, hear me, church. Even though they were, how do you get into church splits? It's not because people let down their standards always. Huh? I mean, I've seen churches split, and their, t- their standards were as tight as the G string on a banjo. Huh? Oh, it, church, church splits don't always happen because people stop reaching out and trying to get people saved. Church splits don't always happen because people stop going to the nursing home. That is the reason, always the reason why church splits. Let me tell you the reason why church splits. A lot of times they're going through all these things and doing all these things. And all those things, if we're not careful, will take the place and they'll hide and mask the fact that we have left our first love. <laughs> you know, I like to see the Holy Ghost move. I like to see God talk to us again, even through tongues and interpretation. I like to see the power of God come by, even and light on one of our young folks and, and fill them with the Holy Ghost, where they come out of there speaking in tongues as the Spirit giveth utterance. Will somebody lift a hand to heaven and praise Him? Hallelujah. It's terrible for that ship to sink. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I don't know. I know people have failed. I know people that have went into committed adultery. But they didn't just, they just didn't get up one morning and decide they were going to commit adultery. It started way back somewhere. It started way back, somewhere back there. And, and probably nobody even was any uh, privy to it or anybody knew the better. But somewhere way back there, they left their first love. They left their first love. They, they stopped loving him first and foremost and above everything. That's what happened. And when you do that, you don't pray like you ought to pray. You don't have your devotions like you ought to. Church ain't as important to you as it used to be. I preached a revival for a pastor in Colorado. He pioneered the church. He said this, and he'd been there for a while, and he said this, and I knew he was in trouble when he said it. He said, Brother Blanton, since I've been out here, things that used to be important to me don't seem so important anymore. Now, you could say that, and it'd be the truth, and you'd be on the right track. But something about that didn't sit right with me. It wasn't long after that he was backslid in his family, all backslid. In the drugs, ungodliness, deep in the sin. Glory to God. If he isn't the most important thing to you. 
If he isn't above everything, if he isn't your first love, there's trouble down the road, Ephesus. You're doing all these things, but I see something here, and that spells trouble down the road. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. Now, I wonder why that I'm preaching this here tonight. I wonder why I'm preaching this. There's no coincidence with the things of God. I wonder why I'm preaching this. Huh? Maybe there's trouble down the road, Ephesus. Because we have left. Somebody may have left. This is not a... Com- I want to tell you, God's mercy is wonderful, isn't it? Isn't it marvelous? Huh? But I've seen this one fall and that one fall and that ship wreck and that ship sink. And it was all because of that shrinking island. We left our first love. That's, that's what happened to them. And I don't want that to happen to me. Do you want that to happen to me? And I don't want that to happen to you. I can't think of anybody I'd want that to happen to. I mean, I don't want that to happen to Nancy Pelosi. Of course, you'd have to get saved first. Huh? Bless her liberal heart. (laughs) Glory to God. Oh, you hearing me? I know I'm preaching a little bit slower, but I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And I know there's not as many as normally is in this service. And, and we've had a good service, but, you know, we've had better services here. And the power of God's come down better here than what it seems like it has tonight. There's been more enthusiasm. And I know some of you is tired. Brother Jeff's already confessed he's tired. And I don't want to put him to sleep, but I do want us to wonder, wonder why, why. I don't go eeny, meeny, miny, mo and pick messages. Are you hearing me? God, oh God, I try to stay on my face. Hey, God burns my heart sometimes. Two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning with something to preach it of service because I still believe that there's a message of the hour and God wants to speak to you and God wants to speak to us Amen. I don't need a headquarters somewhere telling me what to preach on this night or that night or this day or that day I want to hear from heaven if we stop giving God the first things Did you note that they left their first love? And God said the only remedy for that is repent. Because if you don't, I'm taking the light. That candlestick represented illumination. Knowledge. Wisdom. Spirit. Huh? It represented the Spirit of God and the presence of God. And if you don't repent, Ephesus, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. What are you going to do without it? Well, I believe we can make it. No, we can't make it without the Spirit of God. Are you? We ain't talented enough to do it on our... <laughs> On entertainment. 
Are you hearing me? But hey, they ain't talented enough to do it either. Look what's happening to them. Even most of these churches, big churches, are a revolving door. They got a, a nucleus of a few people and staff members, but most of them are just in and out, in and out, in and out. Why? Because they ain't got nothing there to keep them. Huh? And I could say some of the, some of the <laughs> most profound things that have ever been said since people who speak profound things said some profound things. Now say that five times real fast. And I could be the best preacher that's ever preached <laughs> since preaching preachers started preaching. But I want you to hear me. Amen. It still wouldn't keep you without the Spirit of God, without the power of God, without the love of God. Amen. That's what we gotta have to stay in this thing. Amen. Oh, friend, let's don't let anything even take the place of our first love. Don't let anything get in the way between us and God. Between us and the Spirit. I know I've already preached too long. I didn't mean to preach even this long. But I feel the Holy Ghost here. No matter what. I need to quit. I need to quit. Come to the piano, Sister Crystal. Please. I know we've been in the holidays, a lot of people miss a lot of church. That ain't what I'm talking about. You should be with your family. That's some, sometimes that's the only time they would have off work. And we need to take advantage of that. You know how I believe on that. Some of you have been sick and couldn't come. Things have happened. We even canceled service last Sunday. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about down deep in our heart, we know. When we used to have him way up here, and now he's maybe just down one, but that's enough. That's enough to get us in trouble after a while. Let's stand all over the building, would you? This is Crystal Plays and Sings. I just wonder if anybody feel like praying here tonight. Listen, church, we've had... We've there has been trouble across the land. All of us are probably acquainted with some Christian who has fallen into deep sin, sometimes even in the ministry. Right here's where it started. They left their first love and they followed afar off. They stopped loving him above everything else. And so it wasn't so important to keep up anymore. And so that renewing, anybody ever experienced that renewing day by day? If you stay right on his heels, every day there'll be a portion of renewing for you. If you'll stay right close. But after a while we get weary. The devil says, ah, oh, you can make it a day or two. So we don't try to keep up. After a while, he's way out yonder. And we're getting colder and colder and colder. That's what happens. The devil works in increments just a little at a time. 
After a while, we're desiring things we never thought we would desire. After a while, we find us so far away from Father's house that we would even desire the husk that the swine did eat. If you'll stay right on his heels, keep him first in your life, you cannot fail.